Hi, this is Erin James Brown. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. And I serve as the interim site pastor at Urban Village Church, Edgewater. Urban Village Church does bold, inclusive, and relevant ministry for people who were traumatized by church, people who feel overchurched, and even the non-churched folks. If you identify with any of these signifiers, we're so glad you're listening. Would you consider helping us continue this Jesus-loving ministry in and across Chicago and over the internet? You can make a generous recurring gift by going to our website, urbanvillagechurch.org backslash give. And thanks for helping us with your ears, actions, and dollars to build up God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And now, here's the latest sermon. Good morning, everyone. Very excited to be with you today. All right, this is Matthew 17, um, starting on verse 24. When they reached Capernaum, and the collectors of the temple tax came to Peter and said, Does your teacher not pay the temple tax? He said, which is Peter, he said, Yes, he does. And when he came home, Jesus spoke of it first, asking, What do you think, Simon? From whom do kings of the earth take tax or tribute from? From their children or from others? When Peter said, from others, Jesus said to him, then the children are free. However, so that we do not give offense to them, go to the sea and cast a hook. Take the first fish that comes up, and when you open its mouth, you will find a coin. Take that and give it to them for me and for you. The word of God for the people of God. All right. So when uh, Pastor Aaron first reached out to me a couple months ago and asked if I'd be interested in being the interim to the interim for her during her maternity leave, I was really honored. She's become a good friend of mine over the years, and Urban Village Church particularly, all of you have been really instrumental in my faith journey. Maybe like some of you, this community and all the communities we have across the city helped me um, rediscover really God after I had been disillusioned for quite a few years. Just to give you a little bit of context and introduce myself on my first Sunday, this is kind of in my way. Yay. <laughs> I, um, I grew up in Spanish-speaking Pentecostal churches where my grandmother was a pastor and a church planner, and she had a really big influence on my life, so much so that I remember being in the backyard and I would pretend church, and I, I, know I was a nerd. I promise I had friends, too. <laughs> But I secretly did this when I was alone in the backyard. I would like pretend preach to the plants, <laughs> tell them that God loved them, because I felt this nudge to be a pastor. Um, and that nudge, that call, that lure has never left me my whole life. However, I, when I became a young adult, like I'm sure some of you in the room, I also became very disillusioned with the church mostly because it claimed to have love for everyone, and yet there were many that seemed to be very excluded from the church. Um, the church seemed to 
be against folks with certain sexual orientations and gender identities. And so it was really hard for me to reconcile like God, God's love, God's radical love, which was bold and called me to something to love people, and then the church's stance often. And more than that, it just seemed to paint this small picture of God. And so I really struggled with that and how to live into that. Um, I dropped out of a Bible college. I, I just, for many years, I tried to find my vocation, my meaning, my purpose elsewhere. But I lived feeling like this disconnect, this not, not living fully into myself for many years. And it wasn't until one day something radically changed. I saw a sign on the floor, literally. And if some of you maybe um, were with me back in, in like the Wicker Park days when I was around, I've shared this in testimonies before. I was pushing a stroller, my daughter was a toddler back then, and I was leaving the Renegade Art Street Festival. And something caught my eye on the floor. It was a flyer that said, bold, inclusive, and relevant. It was for a church, Urban Village. And I didn't pick up the flyer because it was gross. Like, it was, it was like soggy and encrusted to the ground, you know, it kind of had become part of the pavement. But it, it shocked me. I was like, whoa, so a church could be all those things together. I don't have to choose between, like, my passion for Jesus and the radical inclusiveness that should emerge from that. Like, there's a church that's trying to live into that. So it really caught my attention. And I remember we visited the next week, and I became quickly involved at the Wicker Park site. Uh, I became on staff, and I eventually I helped with the relaunch of where it is now. And through that process, through working with mentors and pastors, I, I reclaimed my call to ministry. It led me to seminary. At a time, I thought I could never go to seminary. Um, I, at, the, at that time, I hadn't finished my undergrad, and I was working month-to-month to month paychecks to support my family. So I never thought I could go back to school, you know. But these doors kept opening, and this trajectory emerged from that strange sign that was on the floor. And, you know, so much so that I got ordained, and now I'm here before you today. So it's kind of interesting how, I mean, definitely there were many signs, but that one sign on the floor really changed my life. And I think that's one way that God often works in our lives, by placing these strange signs in our lives that I think often we just overlook. It's easy to just pass, go past them, worrying about our days. But every once in a while, they catch our attention. And I think there's even ways we could attune ourselves more towards them. In today's gospel reading, Jesus talks about another strange sign. It is the fish with the money in its mouth, right? We are embarking on a sermon series. I was checking to see if the logo was here, but it's not. It's called Stranger Jesus, and it's uh, kind of a play on Stranger Things. And we will be looking at these strange stories that are in the Gospels. Jesus was no stranger to strangeness, right? He often would do weird things or say really strange stories. And I think we have a tendency sometimes, or at least I do, to avoid those stranger, odd things in the Bible. But yet, if we dive into them, I think they could speak to us powerfully today. So, back to the fish with the coin in its mouth. Jesus tells Peter to go out and fish and to find this. It's the very first fish he'll find, and it'll pay the tax that they owe to the temple. 
Now, biblical scholars tell us that at that time, the law was that every um, man, a Jewish man of the age of 20 and older, had to pay this temple tax. We also know that it was about two days' worth of a laborer like Peter. He would have to work for two days for the poor laborers to raise for the temple tax. Now, it wasn't a progressive tax, right, where, like, you know, it was a percentage of your wage, so the, the rich paid more and the poor paid less, so it was equal. Rather, it was just a flat tax that everybody had to pay to get in. And so, so we, and another thing we know is that the Pharisees, those who often challenged Jesus, the religious leaders, were big proponents that everyone should pay the tax, even though back then there was kind of debates on that. It is also significant, right before the reading of today, right before they come into the temple, um, Jesus predicts his death once again. He says that he will be handed over to authorities and be killed. And it ends, the line before what was read today, it ends with saying, and the disciples were greatly distressed. Now, let's see. Now, as, as they come in, this person, the tax collector, asked Peter, does your teacher pay tax, the tax, right? Now, this is not an innocent question. It is not some casual question, just I'm curious, right? It would be like maybe a brown person being asked, do you speak English? Or do you have documentation? I guess a less risky situation would be like if you're in a concert and someone asks, did you pay to get in here? Right? There's, it's an incriminating question. And Peter answers very quickly because remember, he's distressed that Jesus is saying, they're probably going to kill me. And so Jesus says, yes, of course he pays his tax. Of course he does. And then Jesus responds to him when they get back home. And I love the way Jesus responds. Now, you, you, you may or may not know this, but Jesus named Peter, Peter. His original name, his given name was Simon. But when he talks to him, he says, Simon, and he asks him a question. Now, this is my interpretation, but my bilingual mother, when, when she was being sweet and nice to me, she'd say, Paul or Pablito. But whenever she would get mad or was serious or she needed me to think about something, she'd be like, Pablo. You know? <laughs> so that's how I kind of see this. Like, I feel like Jesus is like, Simon, here, let me ask you a question. Simon, for whom do kings of the earth tax or take tribute from? Simon, for whom do laws favor? Simon, who gets harder punishments and who gets away with things? Simon, for who do kings of the earth take money from? Is it their children or the outsiders, is what Jesus asks. And of course, Peter answers, the outsiders. And they both acknowledge that the children in this system are free. Jesus points to how the system is not completely fair. However, Jesus says, you know, let's go, therefore, and like cast a hook, go and fish, Peter, and the first fish you will find will have the money in its mouth. Now, it's interesting that while Jesus um, could have, I mean, it depends how you look at it, I guess. 
the, a, Peter is still called to work, right? He's still going back to his job. He was a fisherman. And yet, the very first fish he finds has the money in its mouth. It's almost like it's a sign pointing towards something, some strange thing. The biblical scholar, Justo Gonzalez, um, who writes in a book called um, Santa Biblia, Viewing the Bible Through Hispanic Eyes, says that it would be like a struggling family finding a way to pay the rent unexpectedly that month, right? It's, it's a sign that God is with them in that. So that it's kind of like a subversion. It's not necessarily saying, let's not pay the tax, because Jesus is not ready to get arrested yet, per se. But it's subverting that Peter doesn't have to work now much longer, but rather fairly works less as much as other people would. It's one way to look at it. And it's also interesting, and while that's good in and of itself, right, I think um, it's a bigger sign that points to the bigger thing Jesus is doing. Peter is called, as you may remember, from being a fisher of people, or a fish, to be a fisher of people. It's, this is a continuation in his journey towards, being, towards following Jesus, towards his ministry of luring people into God's kingdom. This fish and coin that doesn't belong together pulls him deeper into God's story, things that we don't think belong together, God's kingdom on earth. And yet, sometimes it's harder to see those signs that Jesus puts in our lives. Sometimes we could, they catch our eye like a flyer on the floor, or sometimes you really feel really obvious, like Jesus told me to go to the lake right now and fish and I'll find a coin. That's never happened to me, but <laughs> maybe. Um, but a lot of times, it's easier to overlook these signs in our lives where God is speaking to us through. Maybe you're like, you're like me and you miss signs when it's time to leave a toxic relationship, even though there's a lot of signs. Or maybe there's signs in our lives that are telling us it's time to start something new and to take a risk. There's ways that have helped me kind of see these signs. One of them is doing therapy. Um, even though I've been a proponent of doing therapy for a long time, I've recently only started a year and a half ago. And it's deeply helped me to reflect on my life with someone in process. Another big uh, practice for me that I've been doing, that I do at nights that I wanted to offer you, is a, an old prayer called the Examine Prayer, which is a way of reflecting on the things that happen in the day, maybe in chronological order, or the highlights. Telling them to God and reflecting places you felt connected to God or disconnect from God. And in doing this, sometimes we see strange things that pop up in our lives, signs that God is leading us and talking to us. And in other ways, sometimes it kind of opens us up to not only reflecting on our past, but attuning our senses more to how God is speaking to us in the next day. And so I invite you today to be open to the strangeness of God and Jesus, who does break forth in our lives and talks to us. Jesus is definitely with us in this journey, even though we don't always see it or catch the signs. Jesus is there, and may we listen and see and follow. Amen.